0: So, this morning, uh, I have to tell you, this has been an interesting week. I, I must have written and rewritten this morning's sermon, well, half a dozen times in my head and at least three different times on actual paper. And it just seemed that no matter what I, I did this week, there was always something that popped up that seemed really important to me seemed like there was a message there seemed like the holy spirit was telling me talk about this and then something else would happen and it would be talk about this and um let me just give you some examples so on wednesday of this week uh i got a call uh, to go and anoint uh, a woman who was was dying maybe it was Tuesday. They all run together this week, but earlier this week i I got a call to anoint a woman who was dying in in a, a, a uh, uh, nursing home in uh, uh, Cleveland and She'd been a longtime member of the church down there in Splendora, and her family was uh, spending the summer in Colorado Springs, and so they were running down here to to be with her. And they they didn't make it in time to see her, but we were able to anoint her with oil and say prayers over her. And then the family arrived, and we had to plan and execute a funeral with only a day of, of planning. And the thing that stuck out was um, uh, this this woman had uh, a son early on in her life that she gave up for adoption and only in the last twilight year of her life um, did she reunite with him when he reached out to find her. And so for that final year or so that she was alive she had a relationship with a son that she had given birth to when she was a teenager i considered that a gift from god and then we got news that little noah had a minor setback he was put back on cpap and it just seemed as though we had all this forward progress and then Uh, Just a minor setback. And I I have to tell you, after so much forward progress, it kind of threw me for a loop that we had to take a step back. And not that this is anything serious that he won't overcome. It's just when you get used to moving forward, and then you have to take a step back, it it affects you. But then I had to remember Noah is a gift from God. And then we heard the news. I I listened to a recording of uh, an underground church in Kabul, Afghanistan, as uh, a mother that attended that underground church was on the phone with their sponsors in the US. And as they were talking on the phone, they were in fear that the Taliban was going to discover them. And then all of the sudden you hear as they're singing in worship, you hear uh, the mother say they're here, and you hear her children say, we will not forsake Jesus. These are kids, uh, grade school kids, and then you hear singing and praising in the midst of gunfire and screaming, and that whole church was martyred. That affected me deeply, and I, again, thought, the thought came to me, those children are a gift from God. Now, you know, I have to say that this this week affected me deeply. And then we got the news that 14 of our service members had been killed in trying to help people get evacuated from Kabul, and I have to tell you that anytime I hear of a fallen serviceman, it, it just wrenches my heart because these are sons and daughters, many of them in, in their 20s, and each one of them, each one of those children was a gift from God. and so this week i have been a little irritable a little bit reactionary to things that i shouldn't have been and and i've had to apologize on several occasions for my behavior and for my irritability and for just being a grump but i'm reminded today as I got several texts, one from my son, one from each of my daughters, including the youngest one. Um, We even heard from Freddie and Monique in um, Denver. And I realized that my children and my grandchildren are gifts from God. And so I go to the scripture appointed for today in James chapter 1, verses 17 through 27. And I had read this scripture in when I was preparing the original sermon, but it didn't mean anything to me until all of these examples of our children being gifts from God, it didn't occur to me until I finally read and understood. Hear what James writes. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, so that we would be, as it were, the first fruits among his creatures. This you know, my beloved brethren. But everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of a man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Wisdom for the children of God. See, as as the youngest of our six kids, Victoria, is, is preparing to enter her PhD program at Texas A&M, Angela and I have been out of the annual back-to-school push for some time now. We hallelujah we watch it vicariously through the Facebook photos of our children all the back-to-school images but as I reflect back on those years I have to pause and give thanks to God for the remarkable people our children have become in spite of us See, our, our oldest, Megan, is really a remarkable woman of faith. And bear with me while I share a little bit about my children. She has three beautiful children, Avery, Jane, Eleanor, and Jack. And, and she has a, a, a loving, steadfast husband, Luke. We think highly of him. He takes care of my daughter and my grandkids. Really, that's all we could ask of him. Megan and Luke are also into foster parenting, parenting, so they they help children while they wait for re-entry into a permanent family. I can't imagine having three kids of my own and then taking on somebody else's two, but they have a heart for this thing. Our our second daughter, Michelle, also an outstanding godly woman. She's raising a family of, of two boys, Grayson and Miles, and... Our granddaughter, Nora Kate, picture Disney princess. You've got (laughs) Nora Kate. Uh, Both of these women, Megan and and Michelle, are wonderful mothers, which I think is the noblest of all professions. If, If you're a mom out there, God bless you for what you do. Bringing children up, especially bringing them up in the faith, is a noble profession. But I have to say that both of those daughters are accomplished professionals also. One's a chef, a pastry chef. And the other one is a high school choir teacher over in the Klein District. Now our third daughter, Brittany, uh, she and her husband are missionaries. They used to be in Nepal. Now they're in domestic missions down in the Rio Grande Valley. And I have to tell you, the valley right now is more contentious and difficult than it ever was in Nepal. But she and her husband Dane, our grandsons Ransom and Noble, and our granddaughter Honor, they're down there spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ to the unreached people in that region. And I have to tell you, they're brave, and they're selfless, and they're responding to the call of Christ. And it's awe-inspiring and humbling to this local Methodist pastor. Our youngest son, Freddie, is married to our daughter-in-love, Monique. You know them as Noah's parents. (laughs) you have been in prayer for them all these weeks. And if you're counting by now, you figured out that we have 10 grandchildren. And our oldest son, Christian, a police officer up in uh, Stephenville, he's about to be married uh, in October to his longtime sweetheart, Amanda. And I suspect there'll be more grandkids there eventually. So our quiver is full and we're having to buy another quiver. The reason I tell you all that, if I'm perfectly transparent, I'm a father who came to know Jesus later than I would have liked in my parenting experience. So all of the glory for my kids' success has to go to God, who know much better than I what my children needed to become well-adjusted, happy, healthy people of faith. I'm grateful for God's grace and mercy. And so I get to watch all these amazing grandchildren of ours and yours going back to school on Facebook. And I often feel led when I see my grandkids the way I did with my children as they were older to offer some Grandfatherly wisdom. Not my wisdom, but wisdom from the Word of God. And I do it from the position of a man who was a lost soul and now is a man justified in Christ. Thanks be to God. Uh, A man who is in the lifelong process of sanctification, becoming a little bit more every day. more like Jesus. And this process has taught me a few things. The Holy Spirit of God has blessed me with spiritual gifts, and among them are the ability to glean wisdom from the Word and the ability to pass on that wisdom through teaching. Not my gift, but the gift of the Holy Spirit. And as a pastor, I get to use those gifts often, but I have to confess that I'm seeing more and more the importance of helping other parents and grandparents to take advantage of every opportunity to pass along solid Biblical wisdom to your children and your grandchildren. Because thanks to the grace of God, we still have those opportunities. No matter how old our kids are, we still have the opportunities to offer a few nuggets of truth And wisdom, and why is it important? Because our children are gifts from God. Every good and perfect gift is from God. You may be thinking, wait a minute, Pastor, my kids and my grandkids are not perfect. (laughs) Oh, but they were created that way. No matter what the world throws at you. The wisdom of God will begin the process of sanctification in them, just as it has in you, and they will become perfect eventually. That's part of the blessed hope that we have in Jesus. And so here are five nuggets that I have gleaned from the Word because We need to pass on the wisdom of God to our children because our children are given to us by God. They are gifts, and we are in charge of their nurturing for all of their lives, indeed, at least for all of ours. And so the first nugget, as I look at everything that has gone on in the world this week, the world may appear to be in chaos at times externally with events that catch the media's eye and then they pass them on to us unapologetically or or maybe it appears to be in chaos internally because we're experiencing hardships and circumstances that we have to deal with in our personal lives but here's the wisdom if you spend less time paying attention to the world and more time reading the word of god you will come to realize that the world is not, as it appears, coming apart at the seams, but rather no, it is, in fact, all coming together perfectly, just as God intends. And so, a good rule of thumb, nugget number one, to live by is, if your Bible is worn, tattered, and torn, then there's a good chance that your life isn't. second nugget when you wake up in the morning pray when you head out for the day pray when you pause for a meal pray when you go to start a class or start your work day before you go for a run or a workout Pray before you start any project. Pray. And then when the day is done and you arrive safely back at home or in your dorm room or in your room at home, pray. When you get ready for bed, pray. And then the next morning, repeat there's nothing more important than continuous communication with your Abba Father in heaven. Because there will be storms in your life and your boat will be rocked and tossed about, but prayer is that moral compass that will guide you safely to the shore. Pray. Pray. Now this next one's pretty important, so tell your kids and your grandkids to put down the smartphone for a minute. Put down the Xbox controller, This is it still Xbox or is it something else now? I don't know kids, no, Xbox, something else, I don't know. Whatever it is, put that down and listen to this nugget because Each of you is accountable for your own decision for Christ. If you do not know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are one of Christ's own forever, then you need to reconcile that decision now. Don't wait. You see, exposure to church, coming to church, being baptized, reading the Bible, being a good person, those are all wonderful things. But none of them is capable in and of themselves of saving you to eternity. The only thing that saves is accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. God sees your heart Make sure that Jesus is in it. Four, regarding going to church, just do it. See, Christ followers are created to be in communion with God and with each other. If you are away at school, there's probably an organization of Christians that you can meet with, spend time with. If you're going to school and you come home every day afterwards, there's still probably an organization of Christians that you can become involved with. If you have a job after school, get involved with people who are like-minded who will support you in your day-to-day faith life if you do that see you tend to make the kind of friends that are there for you not just in fair weather but also when things get a little rocky and stormy you have to remember that church is not The building, it's the people. You've heard that over and over, but I want to emphasize to you that your Christ following friends are the people who will love you enough to tell you when they don't agree with you. Life gets hardest when we drift away from God, when we put too much emphasis on our needs and our wants. The fifth thing, when school gets going and you get interested in all the activities and all the friends and all the people, remember to keep in touch with your parents, your grandparents, and your siblings. Why? Because God loves family. One of the reasons Satan is attacking the family so intensely and intentionally is because he knows how important family is to God. Children need to communicate with their parents and lift their parents up in prayer. Did you know you should pray for your parents? Because rest assured, they're praying for you. They're praying for your safety. They're praying for your comfort. They're praying for your daily endeavors and for you to re- to build and grow your relationship with Christ. And if you're a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, communicate with the children in your family. Lift them up in prayer daily because a united godly family with Christ in the center is the only thing that can stand steadfast against the wiles of the evil one. That's how important the family is in the kingdom of God. And so after this week that I've had, these pearls of wisdom seem to lift off the pages as I realized what an incredible gift our children are. Each one of them was wonderfully, masterfully made by a loving God who created them for a specific purpose. And our job as their parents, as their grandparents, as their mentors, in their spiritual life is to help them grow their relationship with Christ until they are mature enough to live into that calling that God has for each of them. And so what we we need to remember is to give God the honor and the glory for everything that we do. When we do that, God will honor that. His word promises that. And we know above all else, no matter what's going on in the world, God is always faithful to his promises. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.